Good morning. Another few weeks we're going to start the Shavim, even though it's Shemais this coming week. So I see from the chart outside I wasn't alone in that idea. Come out to every other uh, location has it starting in a few weeks also. So the um, system usually is we go a few weeks, but I would invite the, the Elam both on uh, video and whoever's listening and the Elam here if you want to send in questions and topics. We always say the disclaimer that we have the right not to get to any of them, but we often do, so depending on what's asked, so you can uh, feel free to send in uh, any uh, topic and issue. I have an idea of what I want to speak about, the one I want to cover, but I'd like to hear what's on the mind of the album. So if you can uh, hand me a piece of paper, uh, anonymous or not, I don't do handwriting analysis, so you could send it in and it won't be an issue. Let's go to the Ramban you have in front of you, which was still from last week's Sugya, where Elisha was trying to build schusim for Klai Yisrael and give Yoyesh the ability in the few moments he still has left here on earth, Elisha has, to follow what he says to a T, which he does not, unfortunately, and thereby show his Amunus al-Khamim and perhaps have the schus to finally get rid of Aram. He takes the arrows, he bangs them three times instead of continuously until he's told to stop. And the Navi tells him, Derek Musar, he gets very upset. Now you're going to win three battles, which he will, of course, and you will not finish the job because you didn't listen. And the discussion of the symbolism of the arrows, shooting the arrows in the direction of Aram and taking the arrow on the ground is important. We're going to discuss a little bit now in this Ramban. The main theme over here is, of course, did he follow instructions? Did he not? Was he learning that the mistake was in the fact that he thought he knew how to do, how to do things better and he knew better and the Navi was just there when he felt he needed him, which is a huge issue and was the issue of the kingdom. And we pointed out, the Dasefim points out, that from the time that Yehu was anointed by the Shliach of Elisha, Navi, we don't find in the Prokim that ensued from then any particular interaction between the Novi and the Beis Hamalchus, which is a problem. Is there a technology of him to ask this, that, and the other thing? Maybe not. But the fact that he didn't ask him and didn't want to seek that cash in that direction is itself a huge problem. Uh, somebody who follows Das Teira when they happen to agree is not following at all. They're following Das Atzmoy. It's only when they don't understand and, and don't necessarily agree but understand that if this is what it says in Shulchan Aruch or Messias Hashem, you're not really entitled to an opinion. And the person who's telling you is not entitled to an opinion either. He just telling you what it says in Shulchan Aruch or what it says in Chumash and what Kosh Baruch wants in this situation, if uh, he doesn't get that, then he's not really following. And that was the problem with Yayesh and many of these kings, which is why you have a person who is good enough to be able to come in and cry. They weren't crocodile tears. They were real tears. He was really afraid. The Navi's going. Where are we going to get our miracles? We're going to get the Seat Shmaya. But if the Navi is to him the miracle man and not the interpreter of Teres Moshe, then... Uh, not going to go anywhere. And if a person's running to the occasional um, uh, neo-Kabbalist 
uh, for a bracha or an incantation or a kamiya, and uh, it doesn't really make a life change, that's not going to do anything. So that's uh, an important akud over here in the Ramban. With all that said, the Ramban will discuss what exactly the symbolism was, and what was the purpose of the arrows and the shooting and the banging. Yes? Does the melech have some leeway to be someone who says, you know, melech parts together, no, sometimes no things that even another might not know? Uh, it doesn't really know things another doesn't know. He is there to, uh, as the Ramam says, L'shaber Yad Rishi Yisrael. He's there to enforce halacha. He's there to keep people in line. He's there to be a figurehead for the pomp and the ceremony, which in a perfect world wouldn't have been necessary, which is why they didn't ask for a king when they came into Yisrael for hundreds of years, and they were right. And when they asked, the Navi got angry at them because he said, you guys are in a high madrega, you don't need this. And you're hastening your own downgrade of madrega. With all that, uh, the Ramam Paskins, there's a mitzvah to have a king at such time they need it to fill that role of the figurehead and the person who's going to break the hands of Hashem. Breaking the hands of Hashem are al-pidin. We will get to a Misa in a few weeks or maybe in six weeks after Shavim, where the Melech is in the middle of a war and he handles the prisoners of war in a way that should not have been done. And he didn't ask. Al-pidin, you could say, well, he didn't know he had to ask because in the middle of a war. Maybe he didn't, but it would have been smart. It would have saved everybody a lot of Agmas Nefesh. So um, I, I'm always, uh, I always put in a disclaimer, everybody here knows me uh, pretty well, uh, when you talk about asking Shaz and asking Eitzah, I'm not looking for business. As a matter of fact, if I had, uh, I sometimes uh, half-jokingly say if I can get rid of my phone just for a couple of days, maybe that would uh, allow me to go to sleep uh, for some, uh, it, it's not a question of, um, of our job, Myself versus the people asking the Shailas, I don't have an opinion either. And neither does anybody else that uh, is offering what they feel is what Shochanar means and what Akash Baruch wants you to do. And people always like, especially in a democracy, always like to feel that uh, we're free men and forget that in Lacha Ben Charen Lamisha and the more you the more you know that you don't know. And with that said, the Melech has to be a leader and he has to make decisions. But even a person, the stature of Dovna Melech, as you're well aware, there's Machalikas in the Gemara, whether the entire conquest, all the battles he fought in Syria, whether that was Kivish Yochad or Kivish Rabbah. And although it wasn't an Avera per se, but if you hold this Kivish Yochad, that means that something went wrong in the process and it didn't get Kedushas to Yisrael. Was it a complete waste of time? Maybe, yeah, maybe not. We hope not. Maybe it uh, increased the buffer zone, so they started up less, and David seemed to have accomplished that quite, quite well because he gave over to the Mlucha to Shlomo, and Shlomo had absolutely nothing to worry about it, and had peace most of his reign because he was given a Mlucha that had a lot of security from David and Melech. So, a buffer zone, yes, scared the living daylights out of all the enemies they shouldn't think of attacking, Gavaldic. The fact that he was fighting over there before he secured Yushalayim was uh, a halachic issue. And Machalik uh, is what Kivish Yachid means, but that was one of the problems. So that means he didn't ask Sanhedrin because. The phone never talked back. Uh, he didn't ask, and the due process wasn't there only because I'm sure Davanal didn't realize it was a Shiloh. Even Akedekach, even Davin but he wasn't taking the task for that. Just Shailu wasn't Chal. But many other kings, like his son Shlomo, did things which you look back were pretty cutting edge, and they were so cutting edge they were over the edge. 
So that was the problem, yeah. So Yeshaya told Chizkiah, you're going to die. And Chizkiah said, no. I'm not. A Gezeri Lara can always be rescinded. And that was, that's a great example, one of the few, unfortunately. You're going to die. Why am I going to die? Didn't have error. What's the have error? You didn't get married since one is not getting married to Chiyamisa. In your case, it is because you're playing God. You're, you think you know better because of a Ruch HaKadosh you had, which was true. And uh, he said, okay, if you finish the Nevoah, you can leave now and I have Tshuva to do. And the Navi was um, probably taken aback and amazed at, at this point. And he said, no, I have a Maseira from my great-great-great-grandfather, David Amel. I'm not giving up. So I said, okay, I'm not giving up, so try. And he tried, and it worked. That doesn't mean, that's not a stira. Any nevua l'ra is, uh, can be and should be rescinded if you are able to pick yourself up. Most people, Ma'afel Chizkiyo Amel is the only one who came that close, besides Dabra Melech, of course, and other Malchi Yehudo had this Maseri. Everybody has Maseri. It's a question of acting on it. That's the... Uh, the arrows is an avula taiva for klaisal. An avula ra if you're a Nazi or where you are Ram, but we don't consider that an avula ra. Anybody who stands up in a soapbox and predicts the downfall of Nazi Germany—that's an avula taiva of anybody's uh, yardstick. So um, Aram was the enemy. They were shayim and. Uh, they deserved it. And it's going to happen. He's going to win three very decisive battles, but it's going to stop there because he didn't carry it through. No, the, there was an Avul Teva. You shoot arrows, you bang arrows three times, you'll have three victories. And he said, take this arrow and that's the arrow and you're going to be hit it and you're going to hit Aram. And that was all true. That's an Avul Teva. Just that part of the litmus test over here is are you going to follow instructions? Are you going to do what you want to do? So uh, again, we're not saying that the, the Melech has to put their brain in cold storage. And we're not saying that individual civilians have to either. But part of uh, using your head is to figure out when you might be a little bit uh, in over your head and that you might not be so smart and maybe uh, there might be a Shaila over here. It happens all the time. People call the Shaila X and I tell them that's mutter. Fine, perfect. However, based on what you described to me, you have three different issues. So, okay, it's part of the process, and uh, they asked, it happens to be what they asked, was Pasha was Mutter. Okay. Sometimes Pasha is also. It's um, it always come off, uh, I sometimes uh, say something's Mutter, people say, wow, that's such a makele. I said, that's not a cool, that's Mutter, you just thought it was Asr. Same thing when you think it's a Chumra, when you think it was Pasha was Mutter, and I tell you it's Asr. That doesn't mean it's a Chumra or a Kula. And sometimes, um, if a person's holding there, then you uh, say, you know, it's uh, possible that it might be mutter in certain circumstances. I don't think this is for you. And then, uh, ultimately, uh, it's their decision, which some people don't like, interestingly enough. I'm very hush with Pnei Terry. They said, no, no, they, they, they want me to make the decision. I said, no, I'm telling you what the parameters are. And um, I'm asking you to make the decision. I can't judge, I can't measure your Yerushamayim. I said, I think I know what it is, but uh, you're going to have to make the decision. So that's also fine. I'm not saying they, uh, that's where you don't put your brain away. That's, um, you know, if I'm pushed, I'll, I'll do it. But uh, I said I'd, I'd rather not, uh, that I really have to uh, uh, start reading your mind to find out what you're holding in that. And that's a very dachistic uh, thing to figure out uh, exactly what Madre you're holding on. So that's why, you know, Mishpat, and in uh, various issues of Chukosem, we have uh, two fresh ones from last night that we'll talk about tomorrow night and this year. And uh, I uh, answered in a way where I said, I think it's Usser, and they kept sending the email back. They said, uh, is it completely Usser? You should know, 
that I don't say something's completely also unless it's absolutely completely also. The words also and mutter are very important words. So uh, if it's not absolutely clear cut, I can warn you to stay away from it. Why would you get involved in something which is a shayla that is the rise of Hukusayim But in order not to attack those, and I've, I've taken that position in quite a few things in this year. Okay, let's see the Ramban. So the Ramban says that there are many things uh, Daf can say for Bereshis, but all through Tanakh. We have um, Bereshis, we call a Maisa of a similar Banim. We have Ramazim and things that the Avis Akadashim did and the Imos did or went through that are a simon for Klai Yisrael. I am a Lacha Klal. Everybody see it? We have one? I am a Lacha Klal. So we have all sorts of things which, if you don't know how to learn Chumash, you might think they're inconsequential details. They're digging bears, they're going over here, they're going over there. And we know from every Rashi and every Ramban and every Safun and every Archaim HaKadosh and every Zayar that every single word, we know that about Chumash and Tanakh in general, every single word and every... A location, every move was not happenstance, and it was um, it was hugely consequential for both the Elvis Gadesh and themselves, and more importantly in this case, for what they represented, the seeds of the genetic code, if you'll call, of what's going to happen to Klai Yisrael. And every small, tiny pagam in what the Elvis Gadesh could have done in the Ruchnius came out to make a huge difference to Klai Yisrael, and every tiny maila came out to be a huge bracha. That's why we have Mitzrayim coming up in next week's parsha for a couple of hundred years in the Shibud, and that was because of Bameidam or the other Mandam where he took Yeshua Bachem into the army, whatever. Whatever the Aver was, it was a Cheshman Aver, and it was a calculation. Abmavinu was meant well, but the Maitzavasim Labonim, the the genetic code, this uh, microcosm of what the other civilization represented is going to have a very large ripple effect on what Klai Yisrael will do, won't do, what will happen to them, what won't happen to them. As you look at the Pesukim, you say, do I care where it was, and this bear and that bear. The Ramban says, not true, everything here is going to affect the future. And he says, this is true of any Navi. Uh, certainly the other Sikadashim was starting off. Veda, top line. Often, quite often, the Ravim were asked or asked others to go through a motion, to do a Misa, which crystallizes not only the concept, but actually solidifies it. And once you do that, it's sort of like uh, it's going to stick. Which had a written avu in it. Tixture alav even vehishlachtoi al toch pros. Tie it to a rock, throw it in the river of pros. And watch it sink. And again, the imagery, the symbolism over here, which is just more, a lot more than symbolism, according to this Ramban, is that as well as Bovel will do, the tremendous rise to power, they will also, when the time comes, sink to the bottom of the riverbed. Our Pasuk. Our Pasuk. 
he put his hand together with the melech on the bow and arrow and uh, told him to shoot and told him to clop on the ground. And when he didn't exactly follow through in the next step of banging it in the ground, I told you to clop, I didn't tell you to stop. You could have done it five or six times. You would have destroyed Aram. Now, you get to have three victories and nothing more. The Fichach, Hichzik HaKadosh Baruch Hu Es Avram Baretz V'asel HaDemyenis B'chol HaAsil V'asel Bazar V'Havein Zeh And that's why all through Barashas, Avram Avinu Yitzhak and Yankiv are told to do certain things in a tangible way which was to solidify the future of Chai Yisrael. And every word they had, every Shava they had affected Ben Latayv, Ben Lamutov. So that's the site over here and we do see it uh, often throughout Navi, again, Yaakov, uh, the, uh, the fact that there might be this imagery, and even if it's said in a very stark way, if it's in a rule of law, it could still be rescinded, and um, we depend on that as part of the rules and regulations. We once went to the Ramam, how to identify a Navi Emes. If he says in a rule that can't be taken away once it's set over the Klai Yisrael, and if you test him and you ask him what is going to happen tomorrow and tell us something about a Revula Teva, as we discussed, and Revula Teva is a little hard to nail down. When it's against the enemy and it's good for Klai Yisrael, that's pretty clear. He says tomorrow it's going to be 78 and sunny. No, it's the middle of, uh, middle of January. Lemisparam. I've got to start saying that more often because coming up in the Chukasayim Shir. So enjoy it while you have it. We're going to be me after the minute, don't worry. Uh, so uh, we would all say Kavaldik and Avula Taiva. Not necessarily if you own a ski resort that's pretty lousy. All the snow starts melting, and all of a sudden everybody's standing on top of the mountain, and there's grass underneath their skis instead of snow. So you'll say, oh, wow, why do we care that's uh, 0.01% of the population? I don't know. Tobogganing, skiing, midwinter vacation, which shouldn't exist, but might be coming. So, um, is Navula Teva? I don't know. A lot of businesses depend on cold weather. So, uh, how, do you, how do you figure it? So, an uh, example I, I like giving people tell me, Navula Teva, for sure, market's going up 500 points. Well, it depends. Are you selling short or are you. Uh, so you say, well, most people are just in it for the long run. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I'm not convinced of that. It's so 60 40, 70 30, 80 20. Yeah. So it's bad for the farmer. No, that wasn't a vua, though. There's a more, it's a more extreme example you can give from, from those series of tefillahs. Uh, of all the tefillahs he can ask, he has only a few minutes in there. And he asked that when the uh, rain starts coming, Baruch Hashem, Gishme Bracha, Gavaldik, they need it very badly. We don't see it in New York. Once in a while we have a drought, we can't uh, wash our cars. But uh, you go to a farmer, rain is extremely important still with all our technology. We still haven't figured out how to produce a lot of rain. And the kind Gadol says that there's a guy who's stuck in the mud with his uh, horse and buggy and it's pouring and he's being makalal the day he got up this morning. And um, he's going to start diving. Hashem, please stop the rain. What do we care? If one guy, that's not 30% selling short. That's not a few ski slips. That's one guy stuck in the mud. Five guys stuck in the mud. And there's a real concern, because Baruch Hu, because he's davening harder. That's the key over here. He's davening harder than everybody. Everybody else wants rain. In theory, we need rain sometime in the season. This morning, the morning, yesterday. 
this guy needs the rain to stop ASAP because he's stuck. And that tefillah will be more urgent and possibly more effective. It's the kind God will have all, all the things to talk about. Says, Hashem, please don't listen to the guy stuck in the rain. His chayisol needs rain. That's one guy. Uh, so, but that's not Ravua. That's the Kayach HaTfilah. Nevula Taiva, maybe it's based on Roiv. Maybe it's based on Ruba Ruba, maybe 90%, 99%. That I have no idea. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, there's got to be a way to test him that it's good news. I do know that it's good news for Klaizel, bad news for Dersham. That's fine. That's good news. But uh, everything else is uh, really conjecture. Okay, the second Makar you have in front of you, we'll get to in a moment. We just have to read a few more Pesukim. Let's go to Perik Malachan Beis, Perik Yegimel, Pasik Chaf. We have one of the uh, very unusual happenings in Navi. As a matter of fact, it only happens twice in Navi, and that is Tchiyas Amesim. We uh, daven about Tchiyas Amesim a lot in davening. It's one of the Yud Gimli Karim. We don't really focus on it. As a matter of fact, in Shemana Esri, it really gets uh, poor treatment, even though it's given top billing at the beginning of Shemana Esri. But uh, we always remind people that you've got to have Kavana for the first bracha, and it might be Ma'akev, so people try to concentrate. And then they're kind of out of breath and burnt out, and they get to Machaya Mason. Um, and uh, people have told me when I discuss davening, that um, it's hard, but the first bracha, they don't have to concentrate, and Maidim is a close second, and the middle brachas need less help, Baruch Hashem, because they're personal bakashas. And uh, besides the fact that people get lost in Kabe Shefer, and they're not sure what Arshiva is about, but Machaya Mesim is like, right, the first page. And think about, I'm not accusing anybody over here, but think about, uh, you did daven this morning, or you're about to daven. It's one of the Yud Gimli Karn, it's a very important Yusayid, and that's why Chazal put it in the front of Shemona Ezra. We have it in Elokai Neshama. We have it so given there at the beginning of Davening, beginning of Shemona Esrei. Uh, we can't really wrap our hands around it. That's why it's hard to think about, and it's in the distant future. We hope not in the too distant future, but even if the Mashiach comes tomorrow, it doesn't mean Tchis HaMesim is tomorrow. The whole Machlech is where exactly Tchis HaMesim is. Is it one Tchis HaMesim for Sadiqim and then for the Hamanam, when it is? So it's a hard concept for us to deal with. Happens twice in Avi. We had one with Elio. We had one with Elisha, and it might happen three times it, this is the third time. It's the third time. The question is, how long did this one last, which we'll discuss, and why is it happening? Exactly what the Melech was worried about. Elisha dies. He was about to die in the Pasuk before. He died. And uh, the Pasuk says soon after that, the increase in terrorism is noticeable and palatable. And um, um, it's something that is palpable and something that is recognized by the king, and that's why he was crying. He was crying because he realized that Navi was a source of Siat Shmaya, and he was afraid, what's going to be? We're going to have and it happened right away. The good news to come will be that he has three victories in his pocket, which he will exercise. So that's going to alleviate some of the pressure. But uh, we're not there yet. We will get there soon. Right now, the Navi died, and he's buried. I'll mention he's buried in a cave. It was quite common then. The Gemara talks about the girl in the Dayfik, the rock they used to fold, they used to roll over the mouth of the cave. And the Chashor people used to be used to go into the cave and drill a hole in the cave, which really Kavur because outside the cave, on top, is a ground, and it's in the ground. And he's buried in a very... Uh, 
Chosh of a spot. We don't know exactly where it is. It's not important for this Misa. He and Kevim Ishvinei, they're burying now someone else. We'll talk about soon who this might have been. Vinei Ro Es Agadud. And all of a sudden they see in the distance a band of terrorists. They see the enemy army. Aram at this point wasn't attacking full frontal attack with their army, but they were doing enough damage and inflicting enough fear. And they were dangerous. It wasn't just uh, burning down houses and burning crops and stealing things. They were killing people, unfortunately. This is Moab, right? Uh, um, this is, uh, is Aram. Uh, oh, the first one, Dude Moab, yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting. They switched from Moab to Aram. That is true. Yeah, I wonder, I guess they were all getting and jumping on the bandwagon. I wonder, yeah, that's a very short um, description of Moab. Is right after this when I get back to Aram. So, yeah, seems to be all the neighbors. They're all in the same place. All the neighbors are causing trouble. That's correct. And uh, they saw them in the distance, and they got frightened, needless to say. What do you do up here, when the enemy is there and you're carrying a nifter to his final resting place? So Kavad mace is important, but Kavad HaChaim and safety of the people who are alive obviously uh, trumps. And they dropped the mace in the nearest place they could. And they ran for their lives. And as fate would have it, they dropped the nifter in the kever of Elisha. So they opened the cave and throw him in, or if it wasn't the cave, there was a hole, and they dropped him right there. And he rolled and he touched the bones of Elisha. It's a whole discussion over here. Elisha wasn't buried that long ago. Why would he already be in the status of bones? So Sadiqim lasts longer. Some Sadiqim never decay. Shaila they discuss. Shaila's atzmais literally mean bones. Does it mean the body? And very startling. I'm sure he was the one that was the most startled. The dead person. As soon as he touched the body of the bones of Elisha, he got up came alive, and he stood up. Why wasn't Elisha buried Why wasn't he buried? How is it possible to touch any part of Elisha? Right. That's why I said, if it was in a cave, then maybe it means that the, even in the cave, they, they used to drill into the right. wall. It's possible that if it was a smaller cave, maybe the cave would just fit that thing, and they closed the cave, and then there was one body fell on top. It is, the whole thing is um, bizarre. To say the least. Obviously, it's Mehashem Yasadav. What? Who? We're going to discuss that. That's a big Shiloh who this man is. But whoever it is, you count them on the fingers of one hand. Three. Only three people who ever got up for Tchismes, and besides the thousands that got up, who Yechesko was Machaya. That's a different show. But here we're talking about individuals. That was like a half a Shevet. A whole Shevet. This is unusual. The other two we know. Um, okay, we're going to send them this year afterwards. I don't know who is, uh, <coughs> who got Chiz Mason there on the phone, but we'll, uh, uh, the, uh, the two young men who were brought back to life by Leo and Alicia were known entities, you know who they are, and we even tried to give a shot why them, although we didn't fully answer the question. There are many sad cases you'd like to do on. They didn't do them. We spoke of Chaim Shalevitz about the Akar Satayv Eliyahu felt and the Elisha felt. And 
whatever the pshat there was, over here, we're even going to have difficulty figuring out who it was, and after we know who it is, who it might be, we're still not going to have a full answer. So there's a lot more mystery that we're not going to solve than we are, but we'll try our best. So if you look at the sheet in front of you, actually speaking of schoolers, we'll um, save the sheet for next time, as I see it's already 9.20, I want to get to the Pelier. It's But the, the Rabbi Yankov in front of you, please put back in a separate pile. He will quote the Radak, it's just a better print than the Radak you have in front of you. And the Chazal, brought down by the Radak, had two sheets as who he was, either a Tzaddik or a Russia. I'll give you that hint. And the Rabbi Yaakov will try to discuss what the Nafkamin is. Um, where do you have? He has an interesting Shaila he's going to discuss, which the answer is even more fascinating that he held that that was a Teretz. Uh, normally we have a Klal, Eilu ve'elu divelikim chayim. Machlekes Nekabar, so two angles on Allahan, and Machlekes, we've got a Paskan one way, Be'elu Mazeh, Be'shameh, Be'shilo, and different Shittas. And you need a Pesach Allah Lamaisa, but they're both true, and they're different angles of the Sudya. You can't have a machlekes and metzias and say You could say they're both learning and they're both trying, but somebody has a metzias one. There was only one fellow over here and only one guy got up. So it was either A or B. So Rabbi Yankov is going to ask, after quoting the Radak, I'm just giving you a, a heads up. Uh, he's going to ask, what's the nafkamino? How can you say over here? And by Tanaim, in Madrasha, we're going to say when I have machlekes with Yossi, I might be right, I might be wrong. We don't necessarily say on a lower madrega. But what Trauma Tana is, Rabbi Akiv is going to want to know after we finish with the sheet is what's the nafkamina that you could say that there's something up here that could be it's still not going to solve. It was only one person, it wasn't two. But they must be arguing in some lumdis that would lead them to this pshat. So as we read that redak, we'll, we'll get to that point as well. And Mr. Shem will take it up uh, next week. Let's go to the Peliyayitz. Yeah, so you still have to find enough community, though. It's like the idea that events are more so, you know, if, we, if there wasn't one, there is one, you know, so there's some, there's some lessons. Um, that's interesting, yeah. That is also a shayla in, in Mitzis, but that was based on the two sheetas, whether the mother and the father have to talk the same and look the same. That was based on two sheetas in Tanan. So you could say that it depends on how many conditions. That is a shayla in Mitzis. After all these conditions, was it ever filled? It's a shayla in history, yes or no. But... But that was, that taka is not fair because it was based on two different shittas in that sugi over there. The, the mandamer, you ask anybody about Ben Sarmer, the first thing they say, it's just the funniest thing, who will pull on the bus on Monday morning? First thing they'll say is, yeah, lahay of Elias. That happens to be the other mandamer, we don't pass like that. We pass in that all those conditions with the mother and the father, the same height, the same voice, everything, that's, we don't pass like any of that. And it can happen. I'm not saying it did, I'm not saying it was common, but it can happen. The other shita is more enticing. Uh, it's also more comfortable for us. Don't worry, Lahayev, Lahas, Elias. But uh, we happen not to pass like that, but it's based on two halachic uh, positions. Okay, let's go to the Peliyayats. We are on page Kuf Chav Gimel. We're going to start a new entry. Sounds like a um, frightening one, but it's actually very positive. Uh, Azus. Azus uh, is sometimes mistranslated as chutzpah. It can be chutzpah, chutzpah, azah. But over here, azus is used like any midah, can be used in a positive way in Avedis Hashem, and should be used. And as we have mentioned a few times in this forum, and he's going to start with that example, often people get humble in the wrong places. 
There's a gaiva begedusha, and in certain azes you have to have an avodas Hashem to be able to fight the system and fight the society and stand alone and be uh, an ivri, aver anar, and the other side of the issue. And uh, often we get very meek because who wants to be on the other side of the issue? It's not going to be good for popularity, might not be good for upward mobility. And that's not, it's not easy sometimes. So that's what he's going to start with in, in a positive way of using the mead in a very important way. Azus, the middle of the page, Kufchav Gimel. Yedua, Maimer, Hatana, Yudabentema, Aimer. That's where it's first quoted. Havi Az Kanamer, this is a positive thing. That's why Hashem made these midas and these animals. Las is the saying, Avich Sheba Shamayim. Hey, Mamru, Loha Baishan Lamed. If you're meek and humble, Mani, Miani, I don't want to ask a question, I don't want to raise my hand. If you're a Baishan, you're not going to get to the bottom of it. If you don't push, then uh, you're not going to get to the MS, and you're also not going to get noticed. I've said this to many Bachram. So a Baishan Lamed doesn't only mean if you don't ask, you're not going to fully understand Taisis. It also means that if you don't push, you're not going to have that Kesher, you're not going to have the relationship, and you're not going to be pushed to grow because uh, we live in a crowded society. Ken Yibru, many more Yidin, are the cre- as we spoke about yesterday, the classrooms are crowded, and the Rebbe's busy, and, uh, and the Rov is busy, and uh, Manal's busy, and if you don't push to make yourself heard, you're not going to get that focus. Yeah, well, uh, you should uh, pay attention to all 25 or 2,500 of us at one time. That's simply not true. It's not true anywhere in life. It's ridiculous. If, you, if there are 2,500 people calling me, and I can't possibly call them all back. The one who calls three times is going to get a call back sooner or later. No, isn't that obvious? And Lahavdil, if, uh, if a lawyer has 2,500 clients and they're all calling him because everybody wants their thing yesterday and then somebody calls, so um, that attorney is going to have to make decisions on who he's calling back first. And it should be, once a client complained to me, it wasn't about any of the attorneys sitting here, don't worry about it. He says, I don't know, I never seem to get called back. So I asked him what he does and what his account was, and then I figured out very quickly, I sort of tried to tell him a nice way, I said, I think of the 150 clients that are active, you're like uh, number 150 in terms of volume and uh, monetary importance. So he sort of got there. He says, yeah, that doesn't mean I shouldn't get a call back. I said, that doesn't mean you're a nobody and you're any less important. Uh, but it certainly means that when he's putting out fires, um, that you're not going to get the call back if the other guy who has $29 million in a deal and the deal's falling apart, he has to deal with him. And he thought that wasn't fair. I didn't understand what he was thinking. Fair? I don't know. Fair? I don't know. Fair or not fair? Uh, it's, uh, it's the way it goes. It's not a question about money. It's a question about the emergencies. I'm happy to say the people who get called back with the Shilas are not the people who have more money or less money. If you have, last night I'm driving home, Yaakov can attest to this, he, um, he's in the car, as a matter of fact, he's at the wheel. Uh, and uh, there are seven calls coming at once. I just finished here. I was only offline for an hour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are seven emergencies. I have to figure out very quickly, it's like working in the ER, uh, which one is more urgent than the next one. Does that mean the other guy's less important? Of course not. And that's not based on financial status, yichus, brains, or anything else. It's a question of uh, what is uh, triage, what is uh, necessary at the moment. So uh, that's true of a rebbe, an attorney, and of anybody else. So the question, you want to call that fair or not fair? That's the way it goes. (coughs) So if you want to make yourself heard, a certain amount of azus is going to be necessary. You want to build that cash, you want to have that cash, you want to get your shaylin, you want to get that understanding, you've got to push. And I told this to many Bacharim who are, has a conversation with one Bachar who's quite a Gavra. I said, I don't understand you. You're, uh, I said, this, uh, I hope in a nice way, I said, you're one of the um, uh, pushiest people around in a good way when you want to get things done. And here's your problem is, it, uh, you know, your Rebbe's not paying attention, but she was not paying attention because of what kind of, 
But this is where you're, uh, you're an Edel Kanedel all of a sudden. Edel Kite's a wonderful midah. The Pelaya, it says, Yehuda Betema says, not over here. And um, the, uh, last night after Marv, I got, uh, usually after Shachras, after Marv, it takes me an hour afterwards, we take shots, sit down. We do after Marv, it was kind of a rush because um, Yaakov always comes uh, uh, promptly at uh, quarter to eight, and I'm always promptly coming out 10 minutes later. Um, and every time he still comes, he still comes on time. So I had one of our fine Bochum, one of your sons, here. And after he saw, I was like trying to wrap up, get my papers in order. And I was going, and he came over to me with a smile. He says, I have time for two more Shailas. That means six. Uh, so I said, if it's quick, I don't interrupt. I know the family's waiting for Abdullah. I said, it's not the family. It's uh, they're waiting for a Shir and say. He said, yeah, it's just a couple of Shailas. I knew that meant six. Six means 12. That's great. So I'm not going to say no. He knows that. I'm not going to say no, because I know, and he's a, he's a relatively shy uh, kid, but he, he knows this Mishnah. He came up, and Ataka wasn't two, but they were very important. And we discussed it. I spoke a little bit quicker than I normally speak, uh, which is on 33, instead of, uh, but we, we got it done. And it's not my godless, it's his godless. That he understood that, yeah, he could try to reach me in the week, but it's pressing now, and I like, get to his learning, and that's the way it was. So I, I encourage all uh, Bacharim and former Bacharim to, uh, to do that because Yehuda Metema says if you don't have that Aziz, you're not getting anything done. So that's, uh, that's important. He said it with a smile last night because it wasn't the first time we spoke on Shabbos. <laughs> so he, uh, but it was, he was 100% right on the issue. So. And there are many things that get left on the table of accomplishments in his Ruchnius because all of a sudden he feels embarrassed to push the agenda. And this we spoke about quite often. It uh, certainly gets left in the closet, not even on the table, because who wants to get involved? And I give Tochacha to my friend? I'll lose my friends. And so you have to know how to give it. And who's, who's the best person to give it? But everybody says, Miani, Mani. It's not for me. I'm not so perfect, which we explained at length. is not an excuse. Because if you wait until everybody's perfect, nobody can give any Tochacha. Kemat Neshtacha Yisrael, the whole concept of Tochacha and telling your friends where they might be wrong and trying to help them. They're doing it for their own good. With Ava. And nobody's really good at it, so nobody's doing it. And certainly in Europe this is true. Today, Baruch Hashem, I'm happy to say in our democracy, in our land of opportunity, this is less true. But in Europe, nobody had any money. A few people had some money were on a pedestal, and nobody would ever go to a gvir because they might stop sponsoring whatever it is. Baruch Hashem, I'm happy to say, it's still true today somewhat. Happy to say, more or less, it's not true because everybody... Uh, Again, more or less, pays their bills. They don't have to come on. Then they were, the Aeneas was so pressing that the guy who had some money, the Aeneas were depending on him for food. So, Baruch Hashem, this is a lot. You know, all the stories you hear, every, every story in Europe starts with the guy who, who bought shishi and consulted and started. We, don't, uh, we have people fighting over Aeneas. Uh, last time I saw that was, I don't know, 20 years ago, once where a guy had a yard site. It was, it's a different, uh, for various reasons. Part of it is we, Baruch Hashem, uh, live in a land of uh, much greater plenty and uh, nobody chops such a mirror. They command uh, respect, yes, Rabbi Mechabed Hashem, it should be like that. And they have, uh, have a day on that. Yes, it's all true and it should be true to a degree. But the pachad, he's talking about that nobody wants to go over to a guy and get on his bad side. And this, 
Baruch Hashem, the market's there, everybody's relatively in a level playing field, and if you have a friend, you really call yourself a friend. If you see something, you should say something. Uh, I had a discussion with, well, again, one of our very Hashem and just yesterday, there's something going on which shouldn't be going on, it came up to me, what are we doing about it? That's the right approach. Should be doing something about it. I told him it was worked on, maybe, maybe give it a crack. It's, but that's a sense of achrayas. So nobody wants to get involved, and it's uncomfortable, but that's the way, uh, that's the attitude that should be taking place. And unfortunately, again, he says, See a guy, and he makes a, he goes to a kiddush of a tikkun, and he doesn't make a bracha. Unfortunately, there goes the whole tikkun, and the, the whole purpose of the kiddush. The guy's talking in shul. Interesting, he's that example. He's doing things which a lot of people do, but it uh, keeps on going on because nobody wants to say anything to him. Which is a bigger chil Hashem doing it for Rabbim. He's embarrassed to go over and he closes his eyes. And nobody says anything because they're afraid of him. They're afraid of their own popularity. They don't want to lose their friends. They don't want to lose their job. They don't want to get in his bad side. Beishas used in the wrong place, misapplied, is uh, eating up the profits of our parents and grandparents. All the advances they made in the Ruchnius as the dar gets weaker. Nobody's correcting the wrongs or keeping things on track. Better to be a little uncomfortable, embarrassed in this world. For all the future dirs that if it's not fixed up now, it'll just get worse. It's difficult, but hopefully this will be Mechazikas, and Mitzvah Shem will continue next week. Thank you. I'm going to try to put the attorneys in. I hope you don't mind. I didn't mention it by name. We could...